Today's podcast is sponsored by LSC, a credit union service organization helping credit unions compete and thrive in the financial marketplace. LSC offers products and services designed to help credit unions meet the needs of current and prospective members. Customizable credit and debit card programs feature full service with detailed reports, top fraud security tools, and more. A top provider in prepaid services to credit unions nationwide, LSC offers instant issue and reloadable cards. LSC's five-star service and marketing support help credit unions easily nurture valuable member relationships. Visit lsc.net for more information. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. To ensure they're able to meet the needs and expectations of their members, credit unions need to stay on top of the constant changes taking place in the payments environment. I'm Jennifer Plager, a senior editor with CUNA. I recently sat down with Tom Kane, president and CEO of the Illinois Credit Union System, and Libby Calderon, president and chief operating officer of LSC, to talk about bank attacks, the changing payments environment, credit union awareness, and more. Tom, we hear a lot about bank attacks and credit union tax status. What's going on with bank attacks in Illinois right now? Yeah, Illinois really is no stranger to this. And every couple of years, we have this pop-up. A few years ago, we had ads show up in newspapers and billboards and some of the highways, you know, ripping on credit unions about their tax exemption. And, and one of the things that actually kind of took hold at the time that was that was started here in Illinois was uh, about the family of four ad, which says the family of four pays more taxes than your local credit union kind of thing. And I, I've seen that actually pop up over in Iowa, and that seems to be uh, something that resonates with people. And Illinois is in a kind of a unique situation where we are in the middle of where, uh, if you look at a map of tax threats, uh, we are right kind of in the middle and being in the Midwest, we've got a lot of community banks in the Midwest. And we certainly are our neighbor of Iowa, which is bank attack um, central uh, with all the uh, things that have been going on there for the last couple of years. But we are sitting in a really bad situation in that our state finances are terrible the Mercatus Center has uh, ranked Illinois as the worst overall fiscal condition of all states, so we're number one. Uh, and it also, uh, Kiplinger just came out last week that showed that the uh, Illinois residents have the greatest tax burden in the state. So it's kind of weird how we have the highest taxes in the country, but yet still have the worst fiscal condition. So that really has led to a condition that we're concerned about here in that government is going to be looking for money wherever they can find it. And um, they will point to that credit unions are not taxed at all and that people are paying higher taxes and everything. So credit unions, you know, there's this fair share kind of argument that the bankers have been making recently in uh, publications. And we, we actually intercepted a letter from the trade association out to the bank membership saying that uh, they are going to be making a push here in Illinois. Um, And we also have the other unfavorable kind of condition where we have almost a third of our legislators is brand new this year. We had a very, very large turnover of legislators 
and, and so there's a lot of education. A lot of them don't even know what a credit union is. They certainly don't know anything about the, the tax-exempt status of credit unions. So we have a lot of education we have to do. So there's just a lot of conditions that are ripe here in Illinois for a tax threat. Biggest concern that we end up having is not necessarily a bill getting introduced next January. Our, our, uh, our session runs from January through the end of May. But really that last week of May when they're trying to pass a, a budget bill, some sort of spending bill of some sort, that a tax on credit unions gets slipped in at the last minute where we have very, very little chance to, to defend ourselves on that. So we're trying to do what we can right now. We're working closely with CUNA. We've got Richard Ghost uh, who's doing some surveys of uh, consumers here in Illinois to try to identify a strategy for us to, to to really identify what steps can we take proactively to sort of head off any sort of headway that the bankers may make with their with their different attacks and and their different strategies that they may be making. So so we we figure it's going to be a very very busy next six to eight months, really trying to educate legislators because ultimately they're the ones who will determine whether there's a tax on credit unions. So our focus is how do we get 177 legislators to to reject any sort of uh, arguments that the uh, the bankers are going to be making, or just the reality that the state is broke and is looking for money wherever it can get it. So how is that education effort going so far with those new legislators? Initially, when we had the session and we were trying to do as much face-to-face as possible, we have a, a legislative day, so we really reached out with a lot of we get over about 120 uh, uh, people from credit unions to come down to Springfield, so we do a lot of face-to-face. We're setting up a lot of, uh, now that the session is over, we're setting up a lot of in-district uh, meetings. We're trying to get these new legislators to credit unions. The good thing is is they like those kinds of visits because they make good photo ops. We feel like if we can get them to a credit union, um, we have a captive audience and we can actually kind of show the credit union difference in person. And also just a grassroots effort to try to not only educate legislators, but first of all, educate credit union members on why uh, this tax exemption is in existence. One of the things that uh, Richard has pointed out in the initial surveying of consumers, some of whom are credit union members, but a lot of credit union members don't even know that credit unions are are not for profits or that have this uh, tax exemption. So we need to educate them first. But we're really hoping, though, that that grassroots through social media, there's a local publication in Springfield that all the uh, legislators subscribe to. We're doing advertising in those. We're hoping on a relatively few amount of dollars that we can really get our message across by utilizing our grassroots and also just really targeting those 177 uh, legislators. Do you think these attacks are something that credit unions in Illinois and even really all across the country are just almost going to have to start expecting? You know, they they really haven't. I, I have actually come across in the last couple of months, I was going through some old files and stuff from the 1990s and early 2000s talking about it the exact same thing. I do think there is a difference now in that a lot of states really are struggling financially. In in the past, it's been more of a just a bank complaining about the tax exemption and how unfair that is. I do think that there's the fiscal aspect from governments 
that are struggling to try to figure out how to how to pay the bills, and they're looking at all sorts of new taxes. I think uh, the other argument that sort of is taking hold, I think, with some consumers is with the growth, the size of credit unions, there are more and more of them that are getting bigger. One of the uh, things that we intercepted from the bank associations talks about mega credit unions, which is kind of a joke because even the biggest credit unions are not anywhere near the size of the biggest banks. But they talk about big mega credit unions and they try to divide and conquer by talking about how they're different than the small credit unions. So I, I think to a certain extent, this is sort of a cyclical thing that it goes quiet for a little while. But I do think uh, with the passage of the 2017 Federal Tax Act and the inability of at the national level of the banks to get a tax even talked about at the federal level, I think now they've the bankers have pretty much turned to the states and they're looking to pick off states one by one and try to identify a, a weak state that they can get this passed through and then sort of try to do a domino effect. Um, and it's not just attacking the tax status, but it may be a different way of, of limiting powers or pushing expansion of new branches through a banking committee or something like that. So I think they're trying all sorts of different strategies. And so I think it's going to become the new normal, I think, at, at the state level anyway. I think they've kind of given up at the national level. That's Nothing is getting passed in Washington, D.C. at this point, much less a tax. So I think it really is going to be something that's going to be much more local. And so that's why it's important for the leagues, you know, to, to all really focus on uh, attacking this on a, on a state-by-state basis. And kind of keeping it in mind and staying prepared to respond, it sounds like, correct? Oh, absolutely. And so so part of it in, in working with Richard and, and uh the group with CUNA is really coming up with a strategy. I think they felt like they got a little caught off guard in Iowa. And so now they've been running a defensive strategy over the last couple of years. We're taking a little different tact in Illinois. And so we're going to come up with more of an offensive strategy. What we're trying to figure out is, do we just paint more of a positive image or do we actually go a little bit more on attack against the bankers' negative kinds of views of credit unions or you know which strategy do we take? But we are definitely going to come up with a strategy. We're looking to put together a defense fund to be ready in case we really do, you know, we see a bill that gets dropped or something like that, that we can get all the credit unions in the state behind something and that we have a fund, we have a strategy, we have a plan to put in place. Libby, let, let's shift gears a little bit and, and talk a little bit about payments and, and what you guys at LSC are doing. Payments, the environment just keeps changing really quickly and constantly. What are you guys seeing in the environment and, and what is LSC doing to to help credit unions stay competitive? You're absolutely right. The payments environment is is fast moving and ever changing. And and we like to say around here that you know everybody wants a piece of payments now. That's kind of a way for everyone to to make a little bit of money. First and foremost what comes to mind are the mergers that you've heard about lately between the big players in the industry. You know, we see those, and, and in some ways, they simplify our lives because it reduces the number of processors that we have to deal with, but I think it complicates credit unions' lives because they're not sure what the best alternative is then, and many of the credit unions that we talk with are just really fearful that they're going to lose their place with the big processors, that they're so small that they're not going to get the attention that they need and want. 
So actually, that sort of, I think, frees up a space for us to be that midway point between the big processor and the credit union. So we sort of feel like every road might lead to one of those two processors, but that we can be with our credit unions on that journey as they go and do business with those processors. So while it's a big change, we actually kind of look at it as an opportunity for us to really show our value to credit unions. But then overall, just from the credit union perspective and a member perspective, you know, credit unions need their payments products to be top of wallet, and everybody's about having that great user experience for their members. So our challenge is to really work with our credit unions to make sure that their products are what their members deserve. The two things that really come to mind there are fraud and convenience. And so everybody's worried about fraud. If all the data breach is happening, that's something everyone's concerned about. Is, is my card protected or is my account protected? And so there's a lot of tools that are out there. What we like to do, though, you know, the tools are really essentially commodities. Um, the tools are evolving and changing all the time. Neural networks have been around now. Now they're adding AI and artificial intelligence to those neural networks to make them more robust, more reactive, more predictive than they were before. But to some extent, those tools are commodities. What our role, we think, in there is to make sure that credit units have all those tools. One, they know about them. Two, they have them. Three, they have them set up properly. You've got to have your parameters set properly. You have to have the tools looking at the right things. And I think one of the great values that we've been able to bring in fraud is that because we have so many credit unions that we process for, we're seeing all their stuff that happens, all their fraud issues that arise. Um, we're seeing them on our reports, on our analytics. And so maybe if we see it at one credit union, we can go out and look at all our other credit unions and see if it's happening there as well. You know, fraud things tend to run in trends. Um, especially when there's a compromise event. You might see that happen at 10 credit unions, 15 credit unions. We'll look across our whole database to see if anyone else is having it. So, so that's some of the value that we bring as well. Um, and then convenience, you know, those convenience tools that all of our members are looking for. They want to be able to pay in whatever way they want to pay, you know, be it person-to-person, -person, be it online, be it mobile, be it with a piece of plastic where you dip, swipe, or tap, they want to have all those different mechanisms. Uh, voice payments, those are coming about now, uh, using your Alexa and just saying, hey, Alexa, pay my credit card, or hey, Alexa, order this for me. Hey, Google Home, you know, you can shop from home and have your payments happen automatically. Voice activated. Um, there's even, you know, your car can make your payments for you pretty soon. If you think about it, your car makes your payments now with, like, your toll passes. That can happen in other mechanisms. And you could pull up to a drive-up place and your car could make the payment for you. And you could say, hey, car, you know, pay for my hamburger here at lunch. So uh, all those different me methods are changing all the time. Uh, so we want to make sure that our credit unions have access to all those different products that their members are going to want. So it, it's, it's ever-changing. It's hard to keep pace with. And then, of course, having all the different relationships with processors, um, it's all the timing of all those different items as well. And then lastly, I guess, fintechs. They're a huge threat out there in the payment space. Um, credit unions oftentimes, I think, worry that their competition is the banks and the big banks. And it's really beyond that. It's all the other little fintechs who are getting into business, the squares, the stripes, uh, Facebook launching a, a, a currency. Um, those are even bigger threats in the payment space. So keeping credit unions abreast of those and, and having them know how to give solutions to their members is, is really what LSC is trying to do to help our members out there in, in that crazy payment space. Are your members thankful that, that LSC is there in that role as kind of like almost seems like a, an information guidebook type role? Definitely. And, that, and that's really what we view as our value to our, our credit 
credit union customers is that we can be that trusted partner to them. Our team really thinks of themselves as a, an employee of the credit union that they have. Um, they're very vested in that credit union's success. They want to make sure that, just like a credit union employee would be, you know, a credit union employee is going to be worried about, oh, does, does every member have all of our products? Are they using them to their fullest ability? We worry about that, too. We want to make sure that all of our credit unions, their, their members have their debit cards, their credit cards, uh, their prepaid cards. So we're always helping them grow their business through either new business or organically. The big value is that trusted partnership and providing that advice and guidance as to how they can do that. And Tom, earlier you talked about um, some credit union members may not even quite realize that credit unions are not for profit. Is the Illinois League involved in Open Your Eyes? And, and if so, what are you guys doing? Oh, I'm, I'm up to my eyes, Matt. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm a, actually, I've, I'm uh, actually a part of the uh, CUNA Awareness Committee. So at a national level, I've been kind of involved in seeing the rollout and the implementation of the, of, of the program across the country. Illinois is not up and running yet with it. We haven't launched. We're looking at a January 2020 launch. And we're in fundraising mode right now. I literally was uh, on the phone. I probably had seven or eight phone calls today and numerous calls uh, yesterday talking to credit union uh, CEOs. Um, so we're, we're looking to raise about $1.7 million for our launch next year. Uh, we're only a couple hundred thousand dollars short. So uh, we won't have any problem getting to that. And, and we're really excited about being able to launch it here in Illinois and We've just had a lot of uh, credit unions step up and, and participate, even ones that, you know, they're single seg, fairly closed membership credit unions that are stepping up because they understand the value of rising tide lifts all boats kind of aspect and, and, and wanting to be a part of a wonderful uh, program here. So actually, I'm going to throw it over to Libby for a second because she actually has something to talk about what, uh, what we're doing with LSC with, related to the program. Yeah, thank you, Tom. We totally believe in this Open Your Eyes campaign, and, and like Tom said, it's getting awareness out there for all credit unions, no matter what their size is, because, you know, fighting that battle, it's hard for them to grow if people don't know what credit unions are. So getting that message out there is really key for the credit union success and then ultimately then for LSC success. So we're going to actually make contributions on behalf of credit unions for 2020. So the credit unions that are... Uh, under $50 million in asset size that are either league members or active LSC customers, we're making their contribution for them for uh, 2020. And then for crediting to our 50 to $100 million, we're going to pay half of that contribution. And we say that we'll match that for them. We're asking that they contribute the other half. This way, no little credit union is excluded from participating in Open Your Eyes. We didn't want the financial aspect of it to exclude them from it. So um, it ends up being about 150 credit unions, about $150,000 that we're sponsoring for them. So we're, we're thrilled to do that on behalf of Illinois credit unions and LSC customers in Illinois, just to really get this campaign kicked off here in the state so that our credit unions can continue to grow and thrive. So we're excited about it. The good news is all the information, the metrics, uh, the all the different uh, data that's been collected so far in the 14 states that have been up and running on all this. It's been very, very positive. There's you know there's baseline metrics that get established for the start of new brand awareness programs like this, and it seems like every one of those have been have been exceeded by this. We have consumers that are really interested in this message. 
and so I think they're very engaged when they when they see uh, a video or or even see a picture, and they want to click on it and they want to find out more. So I think we've got a very very positive kind of message for people to to really relate to and engage with. It's just a matter of getting it out there in more states, and so. I think our credit unions are really excited to have this up and running in January. So looking forward to it. And Jennifer, what I really love about this program, having run a credit union myself previously, is what Tom referenced there, those metrics. Um, oftentimes when you do a marketing campaign, you're really just unsure. It's like, well, was it successful? Wasn't it? And they actually have some metrics attached to this. So you can see if awareness has increased. And so getting that, that information back, I think it's just a compelling reason for credit unions to participate in this. And then the marketing collateral that's allowing credit unions to participate to use that marketing collateral is is amazing. You know, if you can just attach that to various campaigns that you might be using in a credit union, I mean, what a what a great thing to do. Yeah, running a credit union, you couldn't really afford to, to develop a lot of this collateral yourself. So taking advantage of that is just another positive for this campaign. So I'm really excited to hear how it's going to take off in Illinois once it, it gets out there in the market. And then switching gears a little bit again. Um, Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Why is this something important that credit unions need to be paying attention to, and and what can they do to address their DEI issues at their organizations? I think it's important because it's not only a good thing to do, I think it's a very practical thing to do as well. I've sat through enough futuristic talks in which they bring in demographics. I mean, this is the way the country is headed, is, is a very diverse membership and employment base. And I think from a, just a practical perspective, I think it's the right thing to do for a credit union because that's the, the face of the membership and the face of employees is very much changing. And also just the aspect of providing a, and bringing in a different perspective on decision-making um, and, and how you do what it is that you do. Um, Certainly, I think that's becoming more and more important that you have those different voices in the room as you're making decisions. I'm on the CUNA board, and one of the things that CUNA board has done recently is advocate for an eighth cooperative principle for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think that it's a strong statement to say for credit unions how important this is, that that becomes a part of the the way that credit unions operate, and that's the way that credit unions are perceived in the marketplace as well. Yeah, when I always think about diversity, equity, inclusion, I just, I, two things really come to mind. One, it's just the right thing to do for humanity. It's, it's just out of respect for humanity. And then two, it's it really is good business. It's taking advantage of talent that's out there. With low unemployment, it's hard to find employees. So you want to capture everyone who's out there potentially in the workforce and take advantage of their skill sets. And it's important for credit unions to have their teams, their employee teams, and their board of directors be reflective of their membership as a whole. How do you know you're going to fulfill your members' needs if you don't really know who your members are and those voices aren't at the table making those decisions for credit unions? So um, it's just it's good business, if nothing else. You know, it's just it's simply good business and helps credit unions grow and thrive. So. I think it's a great topic. It's something we live and breathe here in our company. We have a very diverse workforce, uh, and we promote and are fair to people across the board. And that's just what you do. It's the right thing to do, too. Is there anything the league or LSC is doing to help Illinois credit unions out with addressing the issue? Yeah, we, you know, as a league, we've had a number of uh, educational sessions that we've uh, hosted 
that are focused on uh, DEI. And at our convention, we had a number of speakers that talked about it. We just kicked off uh, at our recent annual convention, uh, Sister Society of the Global Women's Leadership Network. We actually enrolled all of our women senior managers and myself in the uh, Global Women's Leadership Network, and we're really promoting that for our uh, our own uh, women's leadership conference that we're having that's coming up soon. We're really trying to you know do as much as we can to to make sure that credit unions get the exposure that that they need to this important topic. Yeah, I would agree. Those two events come to mind that we just recently had, or going to have the Women's Leadership Conference, and then we just had a Young Professionals Conference as well. So that's, you know, developing those future leaders that credit unions need in their organizations. Especially given that I always come to, you know, as a woman, I always like to rah-rah women leadership, but, um, you know, with majority of employees in credit unions are women. So um, having a lot of women leaders and having that voice at the table is, is very important. We've talked about a bunch of different topics. Um, did I forget to ask you guys anything, or is there anything else that you guys want to mention before we wrap up for the day? We're having what we call our See You Kind Day, which is a day of kindness in the community. And we actually have, as of today, 55 different credit unions on the same day are all doing something in their communities, and including the league. Uh, we're doing Feed My Starving Children. We have uh, about 60 staff members here in Chicago area and then down in Springfield, working within that organization or in a food bank down in Springfield. But we have uh, 55 credit unions within the state all doing something on one day, which is kind of cool. We, we took this idea from, borrowed it, as I like to say, from the Minnesota Lake that's been doing CU Forward Day on Columbus Day for the last few years. I thought it was just a great idea, so uh, something we adopted this year. We actually made it a corporate goal, and we said we're going to try to get 20 credit unions signed up and exceeded that by 35. So we're just thrilled with the reception that we got from credit unions and we've contacted media outlets across the state and you know, really looking to make a big splash with this and, and really show what the credit union difference is to communities through, throughout Illinois. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. This podcast was sponsored by LSC, a credit union service organization helping credit unions compete and thrive in the financial marketplace. LSC provides products and services designed to meet the needs of current and prospective members. Learn more at lsc.net.